Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Mike Rosenberg from Columbia Credit Union. Mike says they trust what they see and hear on OPB, and that aligns with Columbia Credit Union's brand. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Jen Chavez. Like many performing arts industries, live music took a big hit earlier in the pandemic. But the summer of 2023 is upon us, and with more people getting back out to shows and festivals, leaders in live music are feeling cautiously optimistic. To end the show today, we're taking the pulse of Oregon's live music industry with two people deeply involved in bringing live events to the community. Christina Fuller is the owner of Fuller Events and a festival director for the Waterfront Blues Festival. And Jim Brunberg is a musician and the founder and co-owner of Mississippi Studios and Revolution Hall in Portland. Jim and Christina, welcome to both of you to the show. Hi, Jen. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. So, Jim, I want to start with you. So you are not only a venue owner yourself, but you're also an advocate for independent venues more broadly. Could you start by giving us a look at at just how venues in Oregon are doing at this point in 2023? Um, Sure thing. Yeah. Thanks for for asking the question. You said cautiously optimistic, and that that sums it up. Mm. It's 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 a very long recovery. You know, we were closed here in Oregon longer than any other state was closed, and Multnomah County in particular was closed longer than any county in the entire United States. So, live performing arts um, and institutions, not just venues, but the symphonies, the Salem uh, Orchestra, the Newport Symphony, they were all shut down for you know anywhere from fourteen to eighteen months. And any business that's shut down for that long is going to be hurting for a, a long time, like five, it's a five year recovery really. So while we're, while people are starting to come back, we're missing a couple key components. Um, one is that we've lost this intergenerational aspect. Um, I used to love to go see shows with my parents. You know, we went to see John Prine when I was a kid, uh, we went to see Johnny Cash and mm. uh, it was a great thing to do with your, with your parents. Now the parents, of people my age and a little younger than me are out of the picture now for a large for an, in large part they've left they've been rehabituated they've discovered streaming <laughs> and uh, the, the the golden oldies uh are are more cautious about coming back so some of these favorite perennial acts like people like graham nash that used to just pack them in are not selling out and we're just not seeing the returns from some of our favorite patrons uh, the folks I love to play to as a musician who understand things, uh, who are sitting there rocking out, nodding their heads with their kids and their grandkids, they're, they're gone. They're not part of it, which impacts the community greatly. And the other part that's missing is the government partnership. Um, the the government, the Oregon, in, in Oregon in particular, spending on the arts is as low as it's ever been. We're still spending on the arts. Uh, the government here is, is still spending on the arts what it spent in 2006. So the Oregon Cultural Trust, the Oregon Arts Commission are still using $2,006 to try to run uh, basically an economy of nonprofits and, and businesses that are trying to operate and bring arts to Oregon. And it's really hard. Imagine trying to run OPB on $2,006. And also imagine if OPB were closed down, you know, Jen Chavez would be probably <laughs> looking for a job in Florida somewhere after 18 months or so. So that's but that said, people are coming back. It's just a long recovery. So that's that's my, my view on it all. Yeah. And, you know, I think one thing that you didn't mention is 
staffing, staffing shortages have impacted a number of different industries. How is that looking now in the live music industry? The workforce redevelopment is our biggest hurdle. Some of the most talented people left the sector. They stopped working in venues or they moved to Texas or Ohio or Florida where, where there was plenty of work. Uh, you know, a year into the pandemic when we were still shut down, but things were just rocking out down in New Orleans and Dallas and Houston, I had tears in my eyes as I said goodbye to some of our favorite production managers and highly skilled people who um, they're not coming back. They found good work out there elsewhere. So we have a new workforce here, which has its upsides and its downsides. And workforce development is expensive for any nonprofit or for any business, uh, arts and entertainment business. It's it is a major hurdle, and that's pr- probably true in all aspects of the service industry, restaurants and bars as well, because we were closed for so long. We have a, a pretty green staff. We feel like we've got the best team we've ever had. Um, they're very eager and they're there for the right reasons, but um, we lost a whole lot of people during the pandemic. Yeah. Christina Fuller, I want to turn to you. So you are a festival director for the Waterfront Blues Festival. And the last time you were a guest on Think Out Loud, you talked about you know, the experience of canceling the 2020 festival and kind of coming to terms with the fact that the pandemic would be affecting this event for longer than you could have expected. Um, But we're in 2023. This year's fest is coming up next weekend. How are you feeling going into this year's event? We are, we're feeling good. The pandemic is, is not a distant memory. Mm, And as Jim said, we are, we are not out of it and we are working through it. It is a slow recovery. And at the same time, the sun is shining in Portland, Oregon, and we're building an event in Waterfront Park for thousands of people to come together. And so it is a new reality. It is, it is not like how things used to be Um, to all the things that Jim was mentioning as well. Things are expensive. The staff, you know, we've been lucky to keep and retain a lot of folks, but that is, that is unique. And so I think the outlook is optimistic. Cautiously optimistic is the perfect way to phrase it. We are not there yet, but we are getting there. And we've seen that through ticket sales, validating that um, general general attitude and morale. And I think Portland feels like it's it's trending in the direction that we need it to, to be able to sustain community events, music festivals and and venues. That's awesome. What are you most excited about um, for this festival this year? I I, I I live for the feeling, and I think anybody in the industry knows that there's some sort of magic fairy dust or something that happens when you get together with tens or, or five people or 5,000 people or 15,000 people at once that are there for a shared experience. And the community building and the sense of togetherness that we lost um, or had to figure it out virtually or whatever it looked like over the last several years. The Waterfront Blues Festival came back to Waterfront Park last year in 2022. It was really a kind of a triumphant homecoming, but this year feels like um, there are less asterisks after it. Like, well, what could also go wrong or go sideways or whatever it may be? I'm really looking forward to that shared experience of of live music in downtown Portland with um, with our community. Yeah. You know, I think in some ways, outdoor events in particular might appeal these days to people, for example, who might have health concerns about COVID. But Mm -hmm. what are some of the challenges that still exist for large outdoor events like this, particularly in downtown Portland? 
Yeah, I mean, downtown Portland is is a, is a challenge um, alone, and I think we view it as an opportunity as much as we can. That the more we fill fill the streets and the city and the and the parks with good, with with music, with activity, that is the good thing. That is, you know, we have a you know fifteen to twenty million dollar economic impact over the course of a four day festival. That's important. That is how how things. Um, move and um, feel better. And so I think, you know, downtown Portland is a challenge and things are expensive. That's not a newsflash. Inflation is real and staffing is still real. And the, the, the rate as into which the prices have increased is probably not sustainable for most folks. And it is a matter of us collecting collecting our thoughts figuring out how we you know navigated the pandemic and what that did to our resources you know being the industry broadly what it did to our resources and then trying to provide the same or better experience and product while our expenses are 30 40 50% more than they were pre-pandemic is is a true and proper challenge for any any business owner yeah and you know you're talking about you know, some of the issues of downtown Portland. What about like, does does this, does an event like this bring visibility to that? Does it bring a microscope to like the broader issues happening in our city? I think it does. I mean, I think it puts more true, put, puts eyeballs on a situation, but I think the visibility provides clarity too. And I think it also gives our city marching orders and a goal to like let's be on our best behavior let's get portland looking as good as it can for july 4th weekend because we've got people coming from in from out of town we've got our our neighbors that live near and far let's put our best foot forward let's let's be our best version of portland and so it does shine a light on portland but i think that motivates us to do our best and not just ignore the problems but and not work towards short-term solutions but figure out how we move the needle to move through these really complicated problems and and challenging years that don't have quick solutions i don't know i don't know how to to navigate many of these things mm. but um i want to in- oh, go sorry. ahead jim <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just everything you're saying is so true. I just want to add that the, the punchline is that, that live performance events can save downtown areas, not just in Portland, but elsewhere. You know, one of the independent venues uh, is out in Elgin, the Elgin Opera House. And when you go through or when they're having an event, the whole town is vibrant. It feels like there's hummingbirds in the air and there's flowers everywhere. Um, and when they're not having an event, it's real quiet. And the Blues Fest and Christine, Christina's um, other events are, are the types of things that can revitalize downtown. When people come to see the, the symphony, the Oregon Symphony, that entire corridor is alive. It's full of people walking around doing some afternoon shopping before they go out to get an afternoon bite to eat. Uh, they're visiting town. They go to the symphony. They stay in a hotel, heads and beds. The economic impact is one thing, but also, as we've been talking about, um, live performing arts, that's, this is our living room. These are the, our town centers. They're our village centers. It's where we learn empathy towards the other. And it's not just, you know, seeing the problem and putting a magnifying glass on it. It's seeing the problem, understanding it, how to navigate it, and being part of the solution at the same time. Go spend money downtown somewhere near where you live or travel to a town in Oregon. Find out what events are happening there. Spend the night 
and you're part of the solution. That's what I really feel. And we can't do this without a government partnership. And I can't emphasize enough how the current session, we saw some failures in prioritization of the symphony and the Oregon Shakespeare Festival and the, the ballet and opera and other entities that badly, badly needed funding and got none this biennium. So we're looking at 2024. We want to make sure that we let our legislators know that this is a worthy investment. We have something now that has been created with the leadership of Rob Nose, uh, the guy who thought of it and put it together, a huge arts caucus in Oregon. It's 25 uh, uh, folks from both sides of the aisle and from both houses, Senate and Rep House of Representatives. It's bipartisan, it's bicameral. It's a long road, but I think in 2024, we will start to pri prioritize the arts, uh, the businesses, like the Blues Fest and the music venues, both nonprofit and for-profit, will continue to do their job in helping to actually solve these problems. Whereas music used to be seen as sort of a noise nuisance or a, a thing that caused traffic snarls, I think we can see it for what it is now. It's a huge economic motivator, and it's something that brings people together. My dad and I couldn't be further apart politically, <laughs> but we both had tears in our eyes at the last concert we saw, which is John Prime. Uh, you know, rest in peace. He died during COVID. It, th those days will come again. So this is a, a huge investment that we need to make now to bring to make sure that these businesses that are here are sustained through the rest of this recovery. Yeah. Folks, if you're just tuning in, we're talking right now about the state of live music. My guests are Christina Fuller of Fuller Productions and the Waterfront Blues Festival and Jim Brunberg, musician and co-owner of Portland's Mississippi Studios and Revolution Hall. Jim, to stay with you for just a minute, um, we've been talking about like um, with Christina is talking about um, an, a, an outdoor music festival and it's uh, you know like festivals are associated with summertime um, you are working more in the indoor venue space is summer uh, is 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 summer also like a rush for you um, what what does that look like what does the near future look like in that indoor venue space yeah well it, it it, the near future looks good. It's just mm -hmm. a matter of get, getting the businesses sustainable. People are out. It's, I, I go over and look at the patio at Mississippi Studios, our, our accompanying bar that really supports the, the red room, as we call it, is where the music happens. And then outside is this, uh, this patio. And the patio supports us whenever we um, have our mission-driven uh, instincts to, to book music that we feel the world needs to hear, but maybe it doesn't do so well, uh, we make that up in concessions. Uh, but like I said, another thing that's missing is that people don't stick around and, and make an evening of it like they used to. Um, and we want to encourage that, especially you know when, when once people feel safe. And younger people are obviously feeling safer than older people. So that's an upside of this, is that there's all kinds of new acts coming along, new musical acts and new performing, new plays are being uh, in the, are in the crucible right now. They're developing it for the for the small playhouses around the state, and, and we're excited about that. Um, and that that's for sure the upside. But on the flip side of that, like whereas a as an act like Bruce Springsteen, he can afford to lose a couple shows because somebody in his entourage has COVID and they cancel a couple shows. Well, his tour is going to survive. But a lot of these newer um, shoestring budget independent acts that are out there trying to make a living in music, if they miss a couple shows, that can be catastrophic to their entire tour. It, it may cause the cancellation of an entire tour. And then we have a dark night. Nobody comes. 
So it's, we still have our ups and downs. There's still a lot of question marks hanging in the air. Whenever we plan for next month and the, the month after that, um, a lot of staffing considerations come with that. Uh, there's, there's always been seasonal fluctuations. Summer is kind of slow indoors and big, big successes outdoors. Um, but you know, it's, it's just a lot harder to plan things now because we don't know what's, what the winds are going to bring. Christina, I want to turn back to you. You know, you were kind of talking about, um, what you were most excited about, about a big event like the Waterfront Blues Festival coming up. What do you think the role live music, um, is playing in people's lives right now? After the trauma of the past few years, like what do live events like the Blues Festival do for morale and community building in your view? I, I think they're at the heart of, mm. of morale and community building. And as, as Jim said, music is this rare and unique thing that crosses politics and it's universal and it's shared. And there frankly isn't, there aren't that many things that are for everybody and music is for everybody. Yeah. And I think it needs to be celebrated, encouraged, funded, all of those things. Um, and so I think music and, and the celebration of music and getting people together go, go hand in hand with, with, um, with progress and with recovery and with, with, you know, memory building and community, community building and placemaking and all of the things that we are working hard towards and value in a whole new way after all of us experience the pandemic and understand now what it means for this to be taken away. And, and music lays at the, at the center of it for, for everybody's life, whether it be metal or blues, you know, there, there's, there yeah. is something shared for everybody. And there really just aren't that many things out, out there that, that can connect with, with every human on this planet. Yeah. Like but music does punk and folk and, and, and opera, if anybody, if you go see me right now, you're seeing somebody who's doing it because they love it. They're passionate about it. They're, nobody got into music over the past three years to get rich. Yeah. <laughs> they're all there and they're continuing their careers because that's what they believe in. It is the thing that brings us all together. All right. Well, thank you so much. We're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining me and happy summer to you both. Thank you. Thanks thank so much, Jen. Thanks, Jen. Christina Fuller is the owner of Fuller Events and a festival director for the Waterfront Blues Festival. Jim Brunberg is a musician and the founder and co-owner of Mississippi Studios and Revolution Hall in Portland. Thank you very much for tuning in to Think Out Loud on OPB and KLCC. I'm Jen Chavez. Have a great weekend. Think Out Loud is supported by Steve and Jan Oliva, the Rose E. Tucker Charitable Trust, and Michael, Kristen, Andrew, and Anna Kern.